Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. Welcome to The Great America Show. Always delighted to have you with us. President Biden in Poland meeting with President Duda, telling Duda that he grew up with Polish immigrants and wanted to add an SKI to the end of his name. Never, never afraid to pander, Biden. I guess it would be Bidensky. Would that be right? Bidensky. We'll have to get used to that. He's never afraid to pander, as I said. This after what left-wing corporate journalists described as Biden's heroic, death-defying, courageous, and audacious surprise visit to Ukraine and his meeting with President Zelensky in Kiev, where the big guy ponied up another $500 million for Ukraine. What is going on here, folks? The big guy is throwing billions at Ukraine just like he's getting a cut, maybe a vig of something like 10 points even. Well, running hot and high on all those left-wing plaudits and praises, Biden started talking too much, as is his custom, and way too big. Prodding Putin, telling Putin from Poland that he will never win his war against Ukraine. And what did Putin do in response? Well, Putin withdrew Russia from the last nuclear arms treaty with the United States. Meanwhile, President Trump today will be in East Palestine, Ohio, to survey the damage from that Norfolk Southern derailment and the release of hazardous chemicals that that small community has to deal with. And there was another derailment near Gothenburg, Nebraska, Four derailments in that one area in the last year and three of those derailments in the exact same spot. You would think that would be something more for Pete Buttigieg to look into. But no, it is, after all, Pete Buttigieg running the Department of Transportation. And at least he's finally, grudgingly, going to East Palestine. But if he does, he should expect an unpleasant reception. The mayor and townspeople upset with the Biden regime for neglecting the town, dealing with those hazardous materials, that horrible disaster. Well, Biden went to Ukraine doing nothing for those Americans. Some cynics say Biden's visit with Zelensky was a diversion to make as many Americans as possible forget about East Palestine and those derailments and to forget perhaps about all of those balloons and Biden's failure to shoot down the first balloon that picked up a lot of sensitive top-secret intelligence as it flew over the United States before finally the military did shoot it down. Our guest today is Congressman Corey Mills, representing the 7th District of Florida, businessman, combat veteran, great American. Congressman Mills, great to have you with us. Welcome back to the show. Balloons, shutdowns, not much forthcoming from the Biden regime and the Pentagon. They seem like they're afraid to do their jobs, including informing the public about what is going on. Your thoughts? 
Well, you know, to be honest with you, Lou, the reason that they're going through this continued kind of fearful approach to it is because of how poorly they've handled it in the first incident, where they allowed a potential surveillance balloon that came all the way across and traversed the United States rather than addressing the threat of this and realizing that it violated U.S. airspace from the time that it crossed the Aleutian chains in Alaska. And now they're trying to do damage control by shoot down every damn thing that comes up in the air, which I'm not necessarily opposed to. But the whole point is, is that the reason this is occurring is because China senses a weakness in the America administration. And they've known this since the Afghan withdrawal, which is really what has started this, and then the Ukraine incursion. And then from there, now looking at the fact that, you know, we're not really addressing the threats in any way against China, that they're fearful and so compromised, Lou, they won't even call China out as an actual adversary, even though China has been involved in an economic resource and cyber warfare against America for decades. And so it's just funny. I mean, think about this for a second, Lou. This should scare everyone. We actually had a vote on the floor where it was to condemn socialism. And there was over 100-plus Democrats who wouldn't vote to condemn socialism in America. These are the same Democrats who would not vote and support a bill that blocks Biden from selling more of our strategic program reserves to China, which he has now sold 40% of our reserves. China now has the second largest economy in the world, the largest oil reserves in the world, and a larger navy than the United States. And the petroleum reserves, strategic petroleum reserves, are now at the lowest point since 1984. Thank you, Mr. Biden. And, by the way, one of those congressmen uh, who who was fighting that that, uh, uh, resolution, that vote on condemning socialism, was Hakeem Jeffries, who then went ahead and supported it. Figure that out. Well, Hakeem Jeffries is a complete hypocrite. This is the same guy that was talking about the extreme MAGA Republicans' disrespectful behavior during the State of the Union. And so I quickly reposted something on Twitter from Mr. Hakeem Jeffries reminding him of the disruptive and inappropriate behavior by his own party in the previous State of the Union. Not to mention Nancy Pelosi, the former speaker, ripping up a speech that contained the names of heroes who had died in defense of this nation. And so I just find Hakeem Jeffries to be probably one of the most divisive and largest hypocrites within the Democrat Party. And that says a lot, Lou. Yeah, it, it does indeed. It does indeed. Congressman, China is now accusing the United States of, well, being melodramatic, dramatizing the spy balloon incident. Uh, your thoughts about what should be the response of the United States to, uh, by the way, on this show, we call China what it is. It's an enemy. Uh, It is the enemy as far as I'm concerned. Uh, But your thoughts about uh, their counter charge of dramatizing these balloons and the balloon shot uh, shoot downs. Well, Lou, first off, let me just tell you, you're one hundred percent correct. China is an adversarial nation, as well as the CCP, in my opinion, should be designated as a terrorist organization, the same as we did with the IRGC of Iran. We have to identify that, and I've written about this a couple years ago. I wrote an article called The Great Superpower Resurgence While America Sleeps. 
and it talks about the China-Russia-Iran-North Korea geopolitical alignment and their malign activities to essentially target the West. I mean, we have to understand something. <clears throat> China trying to vilify America for doing our job, protect our U.S. airspace and our sovereignty is laughable. This is the actual nation who is currently involved in what Chairman Xi calls the Road and Belt Initiative, which literally takes Eurasian expansion, takes over all of Africa for their portage and railways, takes Oceania, recreates this maritime silk route, if you will, which enables them to then cut off Western Hemisphere supply chain to the Horn of Africa, Mediterranean Red Sea, Black Sea, uh, Persian Gulf, etc., while also controlling the Panama Canal. And now they've got Russia, who is setting up this faux iron curtain, if you will, in South America with the Chavez of Venezuela and Pedro of Colombia, while China sits in the Darien Gap between Panama and Honduras, printing off fentanyl that poisons tens of thousands of Americans. And now this is the greatest part of it. Their whole goal, Lou, is to eliminate the U.S. dollar from being the global currency so that they can take over and dominate the economic resource warfare they've launched against us for decades. And guess what? They're advancing that capability. They are in talks right now with KSA and with OPEC to replace or at least augment the, the petrodollar with the petro yarn or the petro ruble. So we know that their goal is to throw us into hyperinflation, but here's the best news about it. There's a way to defeat them. First, we have to label them as the adversarial nation they are. Second, we have to start bringing back American production. We have to get our GDP to increase over our national debt ratio. And guess what? Um, unleash American energy. We need to not be energy independent, but energy dominant. We need to be exporters of reliable, cost-effective LNG and things like this to our allies to continue our relationships, not dump hundreds of billions of dollars into their economies for quote-unquote in international aid funding. We need to be able to try and keep as much cash at home, inflate the dollar, and get our frivolous and just unchecked and balanced spending under control. That's how we defeat the Chinese machine. And, you know, incredibly, the easiest thing in what you've said we could do in response and should do is to become energy independent. Uh, that would require no more than the president of the United States uh, and Congress coming together and saying, all right, the Keystone Pipeline is going to run at full uh, full, right. full uh, potential, and we're going to drill and drill like hell. But you know, that's right. the other part. The other part of that is and get EPA why, out of the way so we can build a refinery, which we haven't done since 1976. Right. And by the way, people who complain about oligopolies and the monopolistic oil business, uh, the left, you can thank the left in this country for that, because that uh, that is part of the problem. And and also the the idea that this country can suddenly just throw the switch and stop six trillion dollars worth of waste, which is what was involved in uh, everything from the the Inflation Reduction Act to the uh, the omnibus bill, 1.7 trillion of it. We're looking at right now in the fiscal pipeline, so much money sloshing around that we're not going to be through with inflation for, in my judgment, uh, for at least two or three years. We can do what we want. You can raise rates any way you want to. You're going to destroy millions and millions of jobs and Americans' lives. Or you can be smart and say, we have got to have a meeting 
uh, of the minds here and understand what the what this Biden administration, the Marxist Dems, are doing. They are bankrupting us, and it's not hyperbole in the least. The reality is we're at 130 percent of GDP debt to, to the size of our economy, and there is no one who's ever survived those levels. That's exactly right, Lou. For every dollar that we make in America, we're spending $1.29 out. And so as a business owner, I can tell you that you would be insolvent and cease to be able to gain any type of capital to balance your, your, your uh, company out or to try and save it in many cases where your account payables far exceed your account receivables. So my whole thing is, is that the Dems continue to spend this propaganda lie about how the Republicans are looking to come after some of our social programs like Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. And I've heard Hakeem Jeffries and even President Biden during his State of the Union speech say this. The, the facts are this. That stimulus package that you were just talking about, which is trillions of dollars which has been given to the American people to help prop them up, I have no issues with that in time of need. But what we have to recognize is that that's not like your average paycheck where when you get a paycheck, deductions for Social Security and Medicare Medicaid has already been taken out. This didn't have that. This was just an absolute increase to the debt ceiling with no actual pay-in for these social programs that are needed by the elderly. So the Republicans are not out to cut these programs. We're out to try and reform and fix these programs where they can continue to exist. And at the same time, because of this $32 trillion in debt that we currently have, which, by the way, I don't put all of this on the Democrats. This is on some of the Republican administrations as well who has spent frivolously. I call balls Absolutely. and strikes on both sides fairly, Lou, and that's the, that's the way I'll always be. The bottom line is, is that they have continued to write checks that we don't have the money to cash. They've continued to try and put reliance on adversarial nations like China to buy up our debt, and now we're in trouble with that. And so we have to identify that one-third of our overall spending is just discretionary indiscretionaries. That is not enough to target the issues here. We have to open up mandatories. We have to go through every single thing, like a line item, like any business owner would do, and start looking at where frivolous spending is, can be cut, where certain programs that are unneeded can be shaved down. And we have to start getting back to getting our GDP up by continuing to encourage more production at home, more investment at home. And again, the answer for me is getting back to energy dependence and energy dominance. Uh, no question about it. And I, I want to be clear, though, on this, because a lot of people are going to hear you saying uh, going after Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Are you including those programs? Because it, you very well know that is the third rail on steroids in this country. That's a mixed metaphor, I realize. But nonetheless, uh, your thoughts on that? We will protect Social Security and we will protect Medicare and Medicaid. Look, my grandparents and my parents are on Medicare and Medicaid. The whole thing, though, is that it has to be reformed, as does a lot of social programs that are being abused and that are being overutilized. We need to protect these by trying to put on certain reforms to these. And I'll tell you something. You know, my grandparents, for example, who are on Medicare and Medicaid, they get stuck in this thing called the donut hole, whereby you have to spend a certain amount before those benefits kick in. Now, you're talking about families and elderly who are already on a limited and fixed income, and now they're having to deal with the Bidenflation. Now they're having to deal with the increase in cost of fuel. Now they're trying to deal with the increase in homeowners insurance and our cost of living increasing like it's never been before. 
And so now it's even putting more strains on families day in and day out. And I hear this from my constituents all the time in our district. And so what we're saying as a Republican Party is that we're not here to cut or to try and take away Social Security and Medicare Medicaid. We're trying to protect it by putting the right reforms in place and getting control of this inflationary spending by the Democrats. So you would say you will absolutely not reduce the benefits of Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare in your protection of those programs? I would not go after Medicaid, Medicare, or Social Security. We would preserve this for not just the ones who are currently on it, but for future generations who have paid into it. Okay, I think that's what people really need to hear because the Democrats are going to beat you over the head every time you say uh, program, Social Security, Medicaid, and Medicare, as you well know. I, I hope this is not a fight that you all want to have in your first year as the 118th Congress. I'm going to be very straight with you, Congressman. Right now, there are two issues that have got me very worried about y'all, and that is the idea that you're going to fight the debt ceiling because no Republican Congress has ever won that fight, ever. And secondly, it is a distraction from all that's before you uh, and uh, ignores the approach of the 2024 presidential election. Uh, and also talking about dealing with these programs, which are brought to you, uh, as you say, by both parties. And you're not going to have a bipartisan uh, approach. You, There is no possibility of either party having a bipartisan approach to resolving uh, intelligently and rationally, those programs. Uh, your thoughts? Well, you're exactly right. Sadly, uh, the 118th Congress has a big mess to clean up. Now, on top of the uh, debt spending and debt ceiling, we're going to have to deal with the farm bill. We're going to have to deal with the NDAA. Um, and the good thing is, is that as the 118th majority, we've eliminated omnibus bills. We will get back to the 12 appropriations bills as it was intended in CRs. And that's something that I think that not only does uh, the chair of Ways and Means, Jason Smith, but also the chair of Appropriations, Kay Granger, has all been willing to look at and address properly. There is no bipartisan uh, agreements that are going to come. This has become so politically biased in everything that we do, and we're so divided as a two-party system that it is always going to be the left attacking the right, the right attacking the left, which is sad because, unfortunately, Many of the issues that we face, they're not Democrat or Republican. They're not conservative or socialist. They're America versus anti-America. And we need to be looking out for doing what we're supposed to do is, one, being a good steward of the taxpayer's money, but ensuring national security, ensuring that our sovereignty is not violated, ensuring that the American people has a way to thrive, not just survive. And that starts with us trying to get good bills and legislation across and holding the president and those accountable and giving transparency on how money is spent so that the American people can once again have confidence. Look, Congress has a 21% approval rating. That's lower than Joe Biden. And you know what? Well-deserved. It is our job now to ensure that we actually build our confidence for the American people by showing transparency, accountability, and real willingness to change. And if the left out of the aisle doesn't want to work with us, Lou, well, then we're going to have to do the same thing that they've done in the past, which is to just make sure that we are 100 percent, 222 members of the Republican Party voting for the American people. I, I think that's a, a grand approach. Uh, and my question to you would be, 
Is there such a thing within the Republican conference as a strategy to raise that approval rating for Republicans? Forget Democrats, because the Democrats are now a, a movement unto themselves. They are a fifth column, not a party of loyal opposition in any way. Uh, they mean to raise as much hell and havoc as they possibly can. But is there a strategy that you all have discussed and bound yourselves to to focus on 2024? Because you really won't have that ability to go to 12 separate issues and appropriations and to create a budget for the first time uh, until after September 30th. Uh, that's when this fiscal year, that's what the omnibus bill was all about, is depri depriving the 118th Congress of the ability to budget. Uh, don't you agree? I absolutely agree. And that's why the omnibus, I've always said, is nothing more than lazy legislation. They try to cram every thing to include all the pork and everything they can for that next Congress into one bill at the very last minute while they're on the one yard line. And then they force it down the throat of the American people and make the next Congress basically subservient to it. And so what we have to be looking at right now, as you've said multiple times, Lou, is 2024. That's why I think that it was so important that Chairman James Comer and the Oversight Committee started looking at exactly what social media was doing with regards to suppression and interference with regards to elections. That's going to be a key element for 2024. I think when it comes to the financial instruments of things, we have to start looking at what we did early on our very first vote, which is rescinding some of the funding that goes to these, these things like the 87,000 IRS agents, which the Republicans unanimously uh, voted to rescind that funding for that, those agents. And so I think that there's a lot of areas that we have to, you know, we're, we're behind the eight ball here, Lou, as you know. We're trying to catch up for the destruction under the Biden administration, the frivolous and inflationary spending like that in the Inflation Reduction Act, which is nothing more than the Inflation Increase Act, or the Build Back Broke bill that he had brought to the floor. You know, we have to start taking a real hard edge, but the Republican Party is not going to advance itself until we stop playing defense and start going on offense. We cannot continue to handle things with baby gloves any longer. We have to start calling out the left. We have to start winning the messaging and propaganda warfare that's been launched against us by counter-messaging with the facts, demonstrating and showing receipts. And that's not going to happen until we start getting Republicans and conservatives who aren't thinking about whether or not they keep their seat, but whether or not we keep this republic. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more and, and well said. Uh, and I think about these committees, whether it's Comer's Oversight Committee, whether it is Jordan's Judiciary Committee doing great things. But right now, there is so much and Jordan's talk. an American hero. Absolutely, without question. And to to think that we are now uh, approaching three months into this uh, Congress, it is very, uh, when we get to, to March, we're going to be halfway to the first half of this year. And the truth of the matter is, I don't believe that there is a, uh, I hope that everyone has your urgency in the 118th Congress, I'll put it that way. Because just appearing on television, uh, repeating over and over these, uh, these, uh, you know, these instances of evidence against the, the, the Bidens, against the FBI, the Department of Justice, I know that's an important part of the process. But there has to be concrete, uh, perceptible results. And that has to happen, not not by throwing wide a blanket over all of this to, to get on mm -hmm. uh, weekend television, and I'm not saying that's why they're doing it. What I'm saying is 
take to get this done, that staff is going to have to work. I think the staff should be twice whatever size it is in each of those committees. Okay. I, I, I truly believe that no matter how big it is and do the hard work of putting a, a, a Republican fist on the teeth of the Democratic Marxist Party. Uh, it, it just yeah. this plain country club Republican is such crap. I can't even tell you begin to tell you. Well, that, that's why I love what President Trump had done. He changed the Republican Party from being the wine and cheese party to the beer and blue jeans party. We represent the American people. And this 118th Congress, this group of new Republican freshmen who have come in, we are true America first conservatives. And we're going to change the dynamic of how, how the Republican Party had run in the past. The issue is this, Lou. Congress is absolutely broken as an institution as is a whole of government, in my opinion, as we see with the weaponization of all of these individual bureaucrats who have targeted conservatives for far too long. But we also have seen where bureaucrats now think they're lawmakers, like we've seen within the ATF and like we've seen within IRS and like we've seen within the EPA, etc. And the American people need to have people who are going to come up here and fight and get that under control. Look, we're not even at a point, Lou, where we can start putting together really progressive, strong legislative bills for the American people. We have digressed so far that our Pyrrhic victories is just to get us back to what our founding fathers originally had with regards to protecting constitutionality, freedoms, and rights. We're having to vote on bills, Lou, like the Born Alive Act, where we're having to say that if a child is born and is a result of a failed uh, abortion attempt, that they will receive the emergency neonatal treatment and care that they deserve to try and preserve life. Think about that for a second, Lou. We are talking about the fact that a child born outside the womb, we have to have legislation to force a doctor or a medical professional to provide neonatal care to try and save that child's life. I thought that we were the nation of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, life being the key thing. I also thought that our Constitution was based upon the inalienable rights on the Judeo-Christian beliefs that we based upon our 27 amendments and our seven articles within the U.S. Constitution. The problem that we have, Lou, and it's scary to say, is that if we get back to even where our founding fathers began, that's a victory for the Republican Party and for the American people. Oh, it'd be a huge victory. It is the victory uh, to, to seek, in my opinion. Uh, as, as you were saying that, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself here that the, the fight is really now between the Marxist Dems, the deep state that who have seized control of this federal government. Do you think the American people understand how serious this war is? It is an outright war that I can't understand why is not transparent to every American. Well, I think those who are awake and not woke understand this, that there has been a weaponization against the American people, that there has a, been a complete abuse of power that there has been a failure in the separations of power between the executive, legislative, and judicial branches. That was why things like the Senator Frank Church, church-style committees that Congressman Jim Jordan heads up is so important to bring this to the American people's eyes. But we have to realize that great American shows like you run, Lou, and Fox News and OAN and Newsmax, etc., isn't going to get the message out to the broader sense of folks. We're speaking in a vacuum to the conservatives of American people who already understand the threats that we're under. We as Republicans can't be fearful of going on to the leftist communist news network or you know CNN or MSNBC or the rest. We need 
to be getting our message out. And we need to be doing a better job to identify why America has continued to fail as a result of the America last agendas that are continuing to be pushed forward. The fact that we have watched the Democrat Party who are not even being covert any longer. They're overt about being socialists. They wouldn't even vote to condemn socialism. Yet over 100 members, as I mentioned earlier in the program. And so we have to start calling people out. We have to start going on the offensive. We have to start doing what you've been doing for years, Lou, which is even on the Republican side, we call the people out who are in the wrong. And so until we're able to do that, and and unfortunately, while we are given a very nice congressional lapel pen, they don't always give you a spine to go with it. And that's something that the American people need to be fighting for is to elect Republicans and conservatives who aren't thinking about their paychecks and they're thinking about public service once again. Congressman Corey Mills, thanks so much for for that. Uh, and, and I will never forget about those congressional pens and spines. I'm going to I'll be checking out both every time I, <laughs> I talk, talk to a representative in the House. Congressman, thanks so very much for being with us. Uh, I know you're pressed on time, and I just want to say thank you, and God bless you. God bless you. God bless this great nation. Thanks to Congressman Mills. Thanks, everybody, for being with us. And here tomorrow, author and journalist Lee Smith is our guest on all that seems to be going wrong for America and just who is to blame. That's here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America.